What if I told you that there's a cure for chronic pain? Yes, for that pain you were told you would just have to manage. And what if I told you that that cure is already inside of you? Would you believe me? Welcome to the Let's Talk Mind Body Healing podcast, where we talk about how to truly alleviate chronic suffering. I'm your host, Felicia Jaramus, and this is episode number 21, which means it must be October. Gosh, where has the year gone? This year has really been all the things for me. My son is eight months and just <laughs> how bittersweet it is watching him grow. It just so much love and nurturing him and I don't know, boy, it's gone fast and I'm really not ready for him to be so big it really is true what they say the days can be long but the years are so fast um so i'm hoping to record a solo soon to talk all things tms for me in the last 12 months because if you want to trigger some big things then have a kid right (laughs) and just to do a little life update and to talk about some things i've been meaning to talk about for a while I've also been you know, super busy with my psychology master's program, learning more about TMS and learning about something new. So I've been doing some holotropic breathwork training to facilitate that, which is really exciting. Um, but anyway, for now, for this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking to the most absolutely amazingly beautiful, kind soul, Billy Harding. Now, I was super humbled by Billy. In this episode he said a few nice things about the podcast and honestly it really means so much to me it actually takes a lot of time to do something like this and it costs me money uh, for the hosting platform and things like that and just hearing you know some positive feedback really makes it feel worthwhile because honestly this work has transformed my whole life so positively so not just the chronic pain I experienced but really who I am inside how I relate to others I don't know just everything which is why I do this to help others and to kind of spread the message about this sort of healing because if I can help others just have even a slice of what this work has given me then it's the most incredible thing for me um but anyway this episode brought up so much for me uh thinking about just it just brought up so much there's so many similarities and parallels in my own experience and things that I could talk about here uh really but I'm just I'm gonna keep it short and sweet uh I could talk your ear off but I'm gonna let whatever this episode brings up for you speak for itself but a little intro for Billy Billy is a long time TMSer he's been on this journey for quite a while as you'll hear and you'll hear him talk about his healing journey so far and he's quite open and vulnerable which is so lovely. Uh, But one of the things that really stood out to me in this episode, which I want you to pay attention to, is that from, you know, from my perspective, my read on things, is that Billy wasn't super keen on talking about his physical symptoms too much. So I asked him about it. There wasn't really a whole lot of detail. And to me, it seemed like he's made the transition to focusing more on what's happening in his brain and his nervous system. So there's more there that he wanted to talk about in terms of, you know, therapy, trauma, healing, self-soothing, feeling authentic emotions, and some of the more like personal things he's working through. 
and that sort of thing because my perspective on it is that what happens when you've been doing this work long enough is you realize that your brain and your nervous system are where the healing's at like that's what you want to think about that's what you want to focus on and I mean he does talk about still having some pretty major concerns about his jaw um, but it's not a massive focal point of the episode um anyway see if you notice that as well there's a quick thing I want to talk about in relation to Billy's concerns about his jaw though um one of the things he mentioned about is that you know the stress has physically changed his jaw and he's quite worried he may need some surgery for that and I can't say 100% about what's um, going on for Billy but but this is another parallel for us. And I've talked about my jaw in previous episodes, particularly way back in, I think, it would have been maybe like episode one or something, way back early in the podcast. And I talk about it a little bit here, so I won't talk about it too much at the moment. But, um, you know, I do have structural changes because at one point my jaw subluxated um, and it still um, clunks, pops, um, if I'm stressed and my muscles are tense, so it was the muscle tension that actually caused it to subluxate, then things are a lot worse. It's a lot more clunky. It's a lot less like smooth. Um, even now, if I like yawn too much, sometimes it can get stuck open and it's like quite a lot of force, like maneuvering to close it. But um, chronic pain-wise, no, I'm absolutely no worry about chronic pain there and what I would have been reflecting on and what I is how it's really similar to back pain so if you've been in this space long enough I'm sure you will have heard people say that structural changes in the back are not correlated with pain so this is the most I think the back is talked about so much because it's so heavily researched it's also a really common form of pain but the research evidence now shows that things like um, you know, disc degeneration, bulging discs, spondylolisthesis, other forms of arthritis and things like that um, are carried by so many asymptomatic people. So they're asymptomatic people who carry these things. So these things in and of themselves do not cause pain. And I think of that exactly the same way. It's just, just in my jaw, right? I have all these uh, structural changes that in and of itself don't have to cause pain the same as the structural changes in the back don't have to cause pain so i hope that makes sense um and i'd apply that all over my my body um anyway so one of the things i've been enjoying doing and that i've been trying to do every month where i can is to leave you with something to either do or think about in addition to whatever the episode brings up for you and uh, this month, what I've been thinking about is I've been absolutely really enjoying watching my son and watching him do little things that sort of calm his nervous system automatically without thinking about them. Because I guess at that age, there's very limited, if any, kind of social conditioning put upon you that tells you how to be or act a certain way so you just impulsively do what whatever it is you want to do what feels good and 
And um, one of the things he does is when he is um, feeding, so when he's breastfeeding, which is very calming for him anyway because like the sucking is calming for them but he likes to kind of um make a lot of noise so like mm, like like singing humming that sort of thing he's discovered that that feels really good for him and so i've been (laughs) making a lot of noises like that because i've discovered also that that feels really good for me and that's because doing things like singing humming chanting gargling all that sort of stuff um actually stimulates your vagus nerve because your vagus nerve is connected to your vocal cords at the back of your throat and those sorts of practices um, have been shown to increase your heart rate variability and your vagal tone so those sorts of things are good for our nervous system so what i want to leave you with is maybe you can try try some humming try humming at different tones and tuning in to see how it makes your body feel I quite like the hum. It actually feels pretty good. Um, it's become one of my one of my tools actually. So I'm just I'm really enjoying watching him, seeing the things he does, and trying them out myself. They're pretty good sometimes. Um, anyway, so I'm going to leave you with that. Give it a go. Um, you know, it might be embarrassing at first. Do it when there's no one around. Do it in the car. You're making noises they were hard for me um <laughs> but yeah that's what i'd like to leave you with really get out there and exercise those vocal cords and do it a few times give it more than one go practice different tones different just just let it rip um anyway okay that's it uh on to the episode first my regular disclaimer And also a reminder, you can follow the show on Facebook and Instagram if you so wish. It's a great place to contact me if you have any questions. Love hearing from people. And you can also rate and review too. That's always helpful. Uh, Anyway, on to the episode. I hope it leaves you with lots and lots and lots to think about. It certainly has for me. I am a provisional psychologist with my PhD or my doctorate in education, but I'm not a medical doctor. So all of the content that I provide about mind-body healing in any medium, including but not limited to this podcast and my social media channels, is for informational purposes only. No content provided by me is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The purpose is to promote broad understanding and knowledge of various health topics. If you choose to use any information provided by me, you do so solely at your own risk. Always seek the guidance of your doctor or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or medical condition. Do not embark on a mind-body healing journey until you have the clearance from your healthcare practitioner to do so, until you have discussed how to apply mind-body healing to your own individual case. The methods discussed by guests on the show are not necessarily endorsed by me.
So welcome to Let's Talk Mind, Body, Healing podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Jaramus, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Billy Harding. That's how you pronounce it, is it? Billy Harding? That's it, yeah, Billy Harding, yeah. That's right. Perfect. Um, so <laughs> Billy, I first heard from you on Instagram in 2021, um, yep. and you were talking a little bit about some TMJ that you had going on there. Yep, that's right, yep. Yeah, TMJ sucks. I can tell you that now. Um, but it's 2023 now, so it's been um a while. And from what you've kind of told me briefly, you've had quite a long journey um on the mind body side of things. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you. I love a complicated, um, <laughs> messy story because I think that's where some of the most amazing transformation, kind of personally comes from that really kind of long slog of things um, absolutely so um i guess to get us started just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are yeah well i'm billy Hardin, and i think my journey with this mind body thing is um i was actually at a point when i was younger i was 19 and i was playing football professional football professional soccer and um yeah then i had a, an incident abroad on holiday come back and suffered from panic attacks because of that incident mm-hmm. and it kind of spot my life spied out of control from that because I'd always been anxious and sensitive as a person that was just me but I'd never experienced panic attacks and fear of death like that to that extreme level yeah so I come back and I was not in a good way and um I managed to take some medication that helped me um antidepressants and it helped the panic attack subside got back to living life they saved my life really in a way the medication and there's a lot of bad stuff about medication but at that time of my life they were very much needed so yeah yeah I think they're they're an excellent tool when you need them particularly if they're just used as a bridging tool yeah yeah Yeah. and I think I I learned that now looking back and and judging them I look back and actually think that was actually yeah they really helped me so after that I got my life back on track and I was going to work and things and then and then I went to Australia and when I was 25 years old which about six years later I've traveled in and then I went for a major incident on Fraser Island. Basically, some yeah tried to sight save a guy from dying, didn't didn't succeed. Another incident abroad, come back home, the same thing again. Was I would say this though this time, Felicia, it wasn't. It didn't really hit me like it did the first time. I, I protected myself and I turned into a rebel. I got involved in crime. I was going around doing crazy stuff, fighting, which was very out of character for me. I was I've always been like non-confrontational but I was like very confrontational and people around me could see that something was wrong but they didn't know it was wrong they didn't know it was like PTSD I'm not even knowing that I have a have a I'm not even realizing that this could be the impact of the things I've been through I'm just thinking oh you know just going along with things and being rebellious and actually thinking you know this is um it felt good in a weird way and then uh, I think one day I went to work and you know as it is you can't run away forever and the whole world come crashing down. And I was like, what is going on with my body? You know, mm-hmm. all these signals of palpitations. Went down the route of thinking, you know, the, the obvious route of something physically is wrong with me and looking for looking for answers. And then I think that's been a journey, even to this point now, we'll speak to you now thinking something physically is wrong with me. And 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 really there's not anything physically wrong with me at all. It's my body doing its best to keep me safe and stop me from feeling authentic emotions so I went through that and then I think like a lot of us I can't speak for everyone but I can only speak myself and what I've seen from other people 
I started to go into therapy and it just obviously goes deeper and deeper and you start to connect the dots to being young as a child and how this has accumulated to this stress now and the other events, which obviously they affected me. But when I went into therapy, it was, it was very authentic and stuff just come out naturally. And I was like, wow, you know, I've been through some shit, you know, like a lot of us have, but it's amazing and how, you know, that catches up with you and just comes up. And um, and here, here I am now, 10 years later, going through the therapies, different modalities. And and that's where I'm at. I'm kind of in a place where I'm a lot more accepting of the symptoms of the chronic pain. And 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 I think hence why I've reached out to you, because I think the timing of that is perfect. Because I see your post, I'm like, I get goosebumps. Like, well, yeah, this is, you know, you know your stuff and you understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you. I'm so pleased that you reached out. And, and I just feel really humbled, if I'm honest. And I guess, let me say, my gosh, it's been a long time for you. So since you were 90, yeah. so you've obviously been through a lot. Um, and I want to make a point about therapy. It feels a little bit like stripping away the layers of the onion, stripping away kind of the layers yeah. of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is exactly what it feels like. Yeah. 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 Um, so can you tell us a little bit more, I guess, I don't know, people always want to know about the symptoms. So can you tell me a little yeah. bit more about some of the symptoms you've experienced in your body and some of the, I guess, challenges in thinking they were physical? That you've yeah. Had? <laughs> I do actually find it humorous when you ask me something like, you know, just, just the way we do that to ourselves. And it's not even our fault. But I, I think for me, early on in my, it was kind of the palpitations. I was thinking something wrong with my heart, which is a typical one. But then it went to like earache and and do you know what one of them was? It's quite funny. I actually thought I had a wisdom tooth and it was on touching a nerve and it was making me be like this. Like I thought if I re remove my wisdom tooth, then all this pain, all this trouble is going to go away from wisdom tooth. And I'm like, I look back now and I, I actually, I, I find it funny, not in a judgmental way, but in a way that it's quite kind of humorous. And I was like, wow, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing what our bodies will do to stop us feeling that, that, that them emotions, you know? Like what it an amazing is. job it does, really. Like, you know, because how convincing it can be that, you know, there is something wrong with my like it's so such a convincing distraction. It's just like funnel all your thoughts and energy into, I guess. Yeah, it is, you're right. It is, it is it is very, very convincing. I, I was convinced there wasn't a, a 0.1%, it was hundred percent, you know, wisdom tooth, earache, on to the next thing, on to the next obsession. So mm. But I think, um, yeah, it just was, it went to everything. And I will say this as well, though, because at the moment, I think I've got to a point where a lot of the stress in my body has accumulated in me developing some situations and structural damage to my body. My jaw actually has moved position from clenching and, and tightening. And that has actually physically, like structurally changed the shape of my jaw. So... I've been going down that route also of saying, actually, something might need to be done to my jaw. You know, it's obviously there was a mind-body connection there, but it's it's amazing how much stress can actually actually do to your body, you know, what it can do. And I think that's just, um, sorry, Rob. No, no, I was going to say, I think that's something we share. So I have like a permanent like click in my jaw and my left side, it like clunks when I open my jaw because there was one uh, morning I woke up and my like jaw was like I'd like clenched and my muscles were so tight that my kind of back teeth are like locked backwards and I could not open my mouth any more than like 
I don't know. I couldn't even fit my toothbrush in my mouth. And that was uh, like. That sounds that sounds quite scary. Oh, it was just terrifying at the time. And I was in this like, well, there was so much wrong with me at that um, kind of point. And wow. yeah. And I guess what I'll say is even though it clunks and as you were saying, the stress has physically changed my my body so they don't kind of fit together smoothly the joints like they should i don't have any kind of chronic pain there so i will get acute symptoms because that's one of the places where stress likes to show up in my body so when i'm stressed but it's not i wouldn't call it this like chronic pain like it used to be so i guess just because you have physical structural changes that have happened because of the stress it doesn't mean that you have to have chronic pain there do you know what it's weird like i think having sharing experiences and you open, you even just saying what you did mm. it automatically makes me feel like now this moment because i feel like i've been very i've been down about my jaw having to like have to have operations so i've been quite downbeat about it depressed a little bit but i think when you hear other people talk about their experiences and that they actually have had that them jaw symptoms i'm like wow you know it's it can take my focus away again from that from the the, the the symptoms again can make this actually you know there's some there's some maybe there's some pain to be addressed there maybe there's some anger to be released so i i think just talking and sharing you know instantaneously makes makes it a little bit easier it does yeah, yeah. i agree yeah it, it is difficult to, to to connect the dots sometimes isn't it it's um it really is i know it is a, it's a tough one sometimes mm-hmm Okay, so um, I guess what was it um, that sort of led you into the mind-body world? That sort of um, took you away from the purely physical? Oh, I think it was meeting the right therapist at the right time for me. I met, I've been through loads of therapists, and um, but then I met someone. Well, yeah, I went for loads of therapists. No one could do anything for me because I think I was still so obsessed in that physical thing. Mm. And if I'll be honest with you, I think the mind connect, body connection thing opened up for me when I learned to trust somebody properly. Yes. So when I could trust this therapist I met, I just felt in his heart when I spoke to him that he cares about me. This guy isn't in it for the money. I never felt that of anyone else. With yeah. him, I was like, well, this guy actually has a good heart. Like he, he, he has intentions of purity and he wants to help me. And once I felt that, I think I, I opened up to the message that this is mind body and that something more is happening here. There's something more to, to deal to, you know, something else is here. Maybe there's emotion, there's anger, there's, there's pain behind these symptoms. And that's when I started to, to, to notice that. And, and, and also with him, just, you know, you're going back in therapy and just learning how to, to speak to myself more kindly, speak to the mind more kindly and, and, and try not to be so judgmental with this pain, what's going on, you know? Mm. Yeah, finding the right therapist can be really hard. As you said, you went through multiple therapists. What was that experience like for you? It was it was draining. Um, I think I met several therapists, you know, because um, I was off of work because I was sick. But I met some therapists who were so uh, who charged so much money in London that you I had to go back to work. So I was pushing myself to work to earn the money to go to therapy. But I wasn't really in a good place. And then you think sometimes you think money is the um you think money can is the best thing sometimes in therapy. So the best therapist is the most money. Yeah. And that's where I that's where I learned the, the hard way. I met somebody who's had a big reputation, went up to London, and he 
jump straight into EMDR without any safety mechanisms, any safety tools. And I was like, wow, like I come out of there feeling suicidal. And so them experiences were like, you know, like I said, you all these different therapists who just want to click the finger, just want to earn a pound note. And I start to see that. And, and hence why I say, going on that journey, you start to learn and, and you start to feel the energy of people and the therapist. You're like, I could tell who is actually genuine and, and, and who is not. And I think I just had a sense of a relief when I met the guy, Barry, who I met the therapist. I was like, wow, you know, finally I've landed, I've come home and I can just, you know, be me and trust you know just trust this experience so it was very tough Alicia like for many of us in that journey we're all in that search aren't we trying to find that right person yeah it's exactly right I think when something you said there it's really interesting which resonates with me the therapist I ended up settling on because I went like you I went through many and I think I just knew when when it was right like you said and he charged like half the amount of money that I was paying well, for the other therapist, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah, absolutely. really interesting that that's kind of like something similar that's come up. Um, yeah. I had a question. Now I can't remember what it is because I went on that little tangent. Mm. Oh. oh, yes. You said you were talking about your brain and talking more gently to yeah. yourself. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about sort of, I guess, you mentioned that it takes some time. Yeah, What's your experience absolutely. being with that? Well, in terms of self-talk with the with the mind. And... Yeah, with the mind yeah. and the body and I guess with your aching parts. I, and I, I feel like that's been, yeah, definitely been a, 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 obviously the long journey and more experience I'm having of that, the more easy I'm finding it to fall back into speaking to my mind so when the pain's flaring up or something and i'm focusing on symptoms um i think yeah i used to be into that negative judgment of why is it why am i like this and especially being a man with that that was the male of kind of i think my dad's voice or my ancestors and my dad's or my families could quite come from quite a working class quite alpha males so that had that kind of you know you, you shouldn't feel this and that would come to me in my mind you know you shouldn't feel this because you're a man you shouldn't be in this pain you shouldn't be having these symptoms and like that's where the mind-body connection loop would come in, you know, just loop around. Because the mind would say, I shouldn't feel that. And then the body would be like, you shouldn't feel emotions. So then the chronic pain gets more severe because it's saying, don't look there because you're a man. You shouldn't feel that, you know? So it was, um, it's, it's, it's been tough. But to this point now, even in terms of being around my dad and that, I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more comfortable. I still get triggered by certain things and, and certain messages that come in, but I can now look and go, actually, you know, could be compassionate and go, actually, you know, you, your body's in pain, you know, but it's okay, you know, you've been for a lot of stuff. It's okay that your body's feeling pain. It's okay. And, and sometimes that can open the door on something. Not always, but just a bit small bit of compassion. So well, you have been through a lot, by the way, and it is okay. <laughs> yeah. That link between kind of gender and the male experience, it's like everybody has emotions, emotions don't have a gender but so um I guess I'm not a male so I don't understand it but that pressure just buck up don't feel anything sounds yeah. like it's been really difficult for you well it's when you say that it's weird it's like my jaw I felt, felt it in my jaw see I, I, I haven't even seen that until just just open up with you then that conversation mm -hmm. I haven't seen the link with that in my jaw anger and, and you said that I'm like wow feeling my jaw I feel the tension and anger from 
from being a man and you know not wanting to let go not wanting to move forward so thank you for bringing it up because that has just opened a little that opened something for me there that's really powerful yeah well thank you I'm, I'm glad I think all these conversations healing happens in the moment all the time yeah yeah when yeah. you're just attending yeah. to yourself and that's you've yeah. just shown that for everyone there too so thank you for the, the yeah um Okay, so let's talk about, so you've obviously been on this journey for a really, really long time. How have yep. you, I guess, um, stuck to it for so long? It takes so much dedication, courage, all of those things to stick to it, I guess. So yeah, how's that been for you? Oh, uh, I would say um, part of it is because I feel like some of us in this journey you know, I feel I know a lot of people take their lives, but I feel like lots of people. I speak to people. It's like we're sensitive, we're anxious. We have to do this work. Or, does that make sense? Or kind of? Oh yeah. I feel like oh, yeah. we we yeah we have to take that responsibility on. But I say my family support system has been very good. I, I mean, there's some people aren't very aren't as lucky as I am with the amount of support I've had from my family, and I know it's a lot. It's quite difficult for them people, but I have actually had even support from the people that. Of of been involved in traumas from my past, you know, they've actually stepped forwards and taken responsibility and and apologized and and there's been that going on. So I'm like, wow, you know, that's I'm I'm having support from them people, and that that journey is still ongoing, that kind of healing process for them. But I feel like that that has helped that I've had them there that they haven't totally shut off from what's going on. They they've tried to help me and guide me as well, and and have a supportive partner who's been by my side for, for like 10 years now, actually. She's been there the whole way and 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 supported me even at times when I haven't been able to leave the sofa. So and that support system, um, you know, is... Um, and I do have that resilience as well. I'm not going to, you know, say just because of support. I've had that, I'm my own resilience, my own strength inside. There's something inside me that says, I, I, I won't give up, you know. You know, I will, I will keep going because, you know, healing can occur it, it, it is an ongoing process but it can happen so that's that's kind of what's what's helped me mm. and what sort of wins I guess have you had along the way with your symptoms and with your I guess traumas and things in terms of like the physical symptoms and things uh, if you mean Felicia sorry yeah in terms of your physical symptoms or in terms of yeah how you've changed I guess as well oh okay oh absolutely yeah it. yeah oh. Yeah, I've probably, yeah. My, my brain and my body's expanded to like when you talk about it and you look back where you've come from and you think how you learn to trust people a little bit more and learn to trust your intuition with people. You know, you just learning to be more loving and, 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 and caring, but also learning to be a bit more stronger and independent. And I think I've learned that as well. I think a lot of mine was. I've always had a loving feminine energy, but my masculine energy was a pretty sharp. And I've learned now to stand up for myself a bit more, to be a bit more masculine and go, actually, no. You know, if I something's not right with me, I'm not going to scream and shout at you. Sometimes I will, because human nature, but yeah. I would try and assert some boundaries, but I would try and say, actually, I can't do this, I can't do that. And that's been probably the biggest way I've changed. I've been able Ooh, to stand up for myself a little bit more. Saying no, that is, um, that's hard work. Oh. Saying no is um, 
it could really bring up emotions. Even now, I feel I'm like, whoa, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. It is. I used to practice saying no. Practice you used ways. to practice saying no. Yeah, I used to practice yeah. polite ways of saying no. So, how have you found it for yourself, like, in regards to that? Uh, saying no. Yeah, just yeah, did that kind of. Something I'm still learning to do. Yeah. Um, challenge to me, I guess, is something I don't really talk about much, but I'm um, on the autism spectrum. So okay. my social skills are not great as it is. <laughs> so I often, I guess, asserting boundaries are a really difficult one for me. And that's something I still, so I say I used to practice saying no. Um, yeah, yeah. Still a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. So I think anyone that does say no is brave. Particularly yeah. if you haven't had healthy boundaries modeled to you, you know, in your early years and growing up and you haven't had that experience. It's, um something you have to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so many it's why it's such a such a tough journey, it's such a brave and courageous journey because there's so many facets and different multiple parts of us going on that we're healing, you know. We're bringing to the table. We spoke about a few things like it's, there's so many already. It's brief, like we haven't even talked that long. It's yeah. like, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, it just amazes me how courageous people are to be able to, 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 to face, you know, to face this stuff. It's, it's amazing. I think it's amazing. I think some of the hardest work that you will ever do, but also some of the most empowering and rewarding work and when you look back on who you were compared to who you are you know a few years down the track it's un unbelievable usually yeah absolutely yeah. yeah over and over yeah. and over again so can't encourage people enough to kind of dig in and as I think you you said um I at least reached a point where I was like I had to do this work or I mean I was suicidal that's how I got here because it was like it was either I do yeah. this work or that's it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Takes us to that point, doesn't it? To, 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 to the edge to decide where do we want to go? Do we want to do we want to take our life or do we want to do we want to push forwards and do this stuff? And that's why that's why like I admire um yourself and that for coming for doing these things, like doing podcasts and things, because obviously I know myself and for facing them challenges, but I think it's just um but like you said, it's empowering. To see people, to look at people, go actually, you know, maybe I can do stuff as well then, because this person's doing that. Yeah, I listen to recovery story after recovery story after recovery yeah. story after recovery story after recovery story, and that was what kept me. It was what kept me going, but at the same time, frustrating, because it was like you hear a lot of like really quick cures and people who are like, I don't know, I guess physical symptom wise, they like got better after reading the book or you know and it's like you can't help but be like get frustrated and be like why am I still kind of stuck where I am why am I not seeing any progress you know yeah 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 I think them um like you said people doing like a quick sell or something you can really get wrapped into that well can't you of, of thinking this it could be be done in a millisecond mm. Yeah, it's been years for me and I still, I think it's really interesting because I think for me, I don't know, you can tell me, I would like to hear your experience on this, but 
I kind of reach a point where I'm like, yes, I'm really good. Things are going really good. And then the next thing will come up for me. It's kind of like the next layer of the onion comes yeah. up. And it's like, every time I get through a layer, there's just another layer that comes up. Yeah, well, that's that's a good that's a good one actually because when I'd done that work with that guy, I said Barry, the really amazing therapist. Um, mm. It comes to kind of the end of our sessions. I think it was like you know we brought up basically so much stuff, so much material and stuff, and then um, I was feeling amazing. You know, I think I was in touch. You know, getting um, walking around in nature, feeling at home in nature, I was feeling quite peaceful. Actually, I was like, wow. This is amazing. Like, there was silence going in, in my mind. There was not much chit chat. And I was like, wow, this is it. I've done it. <laughs> yeah. I've done it. I've done all the work. This is it now. I'm going to be a therapist. I'm going to be write a book. I'm going to do this. I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> Still haven't done any things, but <laughs> you do. You feel I, so such a high when you yeah. get to that point. I did. And that was that was earlier in my journey before I before, like you said, I knew about the different layers. And then it started. And then another layer came up for me. And then I was like, well. It, it was like wow what is this you know again and then I think as each layer is peeled back like like you said with the layers coming up because it definitely has happened for me like that there's been a, maybe a smaller bit of acceptance each time still mm -hmm. impacts me I'm not going to lie of course but there's 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 more room there I think that is a perfect description there's more room there it impacts you that bit less each time and I think you get through it that little bit faster and there's just that little bit you have the experience you have the tools you have the ability to recognize things in yourself so it's never square back to square zero i think yeah i've always said felicia 100 yeah that is, that is that is so true yeah so for anyone listening if you're having a relapse or whatever it's probably just the next layer of your onion you've got this <laughs> okay mm. Okay, something that you mentioned that you might like to talk about in this episode, which I'll ask you about now, is the fact that no one warns you about the amount of mourning in growth. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, well, yeah, I, 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 I didn't kind of, yeah, sorry, I realised what I said there. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean that in a kind of a, in the positive impact as well. That's what I mm. found trouble, like finding difficult to understand is that the positive things that are happening, the changes from going to have sleep on a sofa and you wake up one day, you've got a family, your kid, your missus, your own partner. And these are things that I could only dream of when I was um when I was when I was not well. We're going out again, going back abroad on mm. holiday. So that kind of that that growth there, that can sometimes keep me locked away because I'm looking for I think I can always look for negative experiences of a trigger or something happening and sometimes for me it's not always negative sometimes it's because I'm growing and there's something positive happen, happening and that's a that's a tough one to see sometimes that can be really camouflaged because you're so used to, to looking for the negative triggers for it to be something like that and actually it might be because you're, you're changing in a nice way and that's hard to accept because you know we could be used to punishing ourselves talking to ourselves negatively and then you're being kind and gentle it's like like f in hell you know like this isn't this isn't this isn't what i'm used to i'm not used to this yeah. it could be painful yeah be painful. It, your brain does not like change <laughs> and it does not like change positively or negatively 
it likes it kind of has its like homeostasis and even if if you start pushing yourself even if it's into something more positive it's really uncomfortable for you at first yeah yeah and and what you what you just said there is like is um it makes you see how sometimes we're scared to take them steps forward because we think that pain or whatever is keeping us you know safe mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't know what I'll probably ask you what was it like you know you started the podcast I think that's an experience for me is like taking the next step and I'm probably thinking all these pain signals and don't do it unsafe but actually there there is growth if you take that step sometimes you know there is and just remember yeah. your your brain does not like change so it's yeah. like every time you try and change something there will be a discomfort that you have to move through work through and that's still for me it, my brain does not like change yeah yeah and it's, yeah. it's normal I, so I, what, I think that sorry go, go ahead you go you go you go no I was, I was just gonna say when when you're speaking I think that come up for me um before we start talking is that trying to learn sometimes which is a tough one is that discernment between looking after yourself and, and being kind of really soft and gentle actually pushing a bit more further you know when when do we push and when do we when do we actually need to rest you know i think that i've, I've learned that sometimes that there's a that's a, that's a that's a tough one to navigate of, of when is it actually unhealthy versus when is this just like you said my mind really trying to prevent me here from from moving forward so i suppose that's like you said where the coping tools and experiences come in when you can be a bit more a bit more gentle going through them i suppose yeah yeah i think i i push when it still feels safe when i can still go when I can still yeah, recognize yeah. this is just my mind and I can still recognize, you know what I mean? When it still feels safe. Yeah. It's like somatic tracking, right? If you have a yeah, symptom, yeah. you yeah. only track your symptoms when you can do it and you still feel safe. The second you start to feel overwhelmed yeah. is when you rest. That's that's what I do. No, that's, that's very powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you mentioned that you're kind of, in this process of like, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do next? Yeah. So what have you been thinking about? I, I've been so, so it's, it's, I think like for many of us, I kind of went down to kind of try to do Reiki and things like that to begin with, hands and healing. And mm-hmm. then I've, you know, just looked into various um, different types of therapy to learn. Um, but I think I tried to, to to kind of take a backward step at the moment and say, maybe I need to just be, you know, a little bit more still, take a back step and figure yeah. out and maybe do some healing before I do anything else. Because if there's obviously some healing for me to do here, because I'm still trying to rush out there, rush, 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 rush. Yeah. And that's for me now. I'm like, like we said, we're learning throughout these, these years. That's an indicator for me that, that is so on. powerful what you've just said there that you have that feeling of needing to rush 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 which shows you that there is still some healing there that yeah. is so powerful that you've identified that yeah it's uh it likes it's taken it's taken a, a while to get to that place of of recognizing that urge to i think sometimes there's that kind of if i'm if i'm being totally honest there's the rush to get away and also the rush to for so many years lost this journey. I think sometimes that, that rush to have status 
but not yeah. for not for arrogance but just for acceptance for other people is that status oh they've got to see me that i've made progress they have to see me making progress and i think that's where we can get caught up on the social media side of things because maybe some other people are doing that and we're thinking they're being real but maybe they're sometimes trapped in the same same kind of cycle you know trying to you know does that make sense or Mm, makes total total sense it's like even like sometimes on the on this podcast right I've I guess I haven't done the episode yet but since I've had my son I've got symptoms again physical symptoms and it's like you always feel this like oh I'm an imposter coming on here and talking about recovery when I have physical symptoms do you know what I mean yeah 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 so you feel that pressure yeah it's like to perform i guess and it's like yeah ridiculous yeah. right yeah ab- absolutely yeah I, I i think that is um that is very accurate that one I, 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 that resonates with me what you're saying there 100 mm-hmm. and and i think that's where I, I, they could be like that holding back can't they if you know you, you shouldn't be doing this but but why the hell not you know well, who's better to talk tell this stuff speak this stuff like yourself and me and these people who have actually been through it, who is who is who is in a better place, really? Yeah, you know. And that's why I think if there's something you're going through, then someone else out there is going through it too. If something you're struggling with, something you're concerned about, then somebody else could benefit from hearing from it because it's like so many. I guess something I was reflecting on. One of my friends said to me the other day that they know someone who has had chronic pain since they were 19 and they're in their thirties now. And she's like, but I didn't know until a few years into our friendship. And it's like the silent battles that everyone goes through, you know, not just pain, but also the emotions, the traumas, you have no idea what's going on in people under the surface. And it's like, if we don't start talking about these things, then they're never going to come up and heal, I guess. 100%. And it's picking up on what you said then, I think, my friend said something powerful to me before from from making it. I made a video before. I, I, I deleted a lot of things going through that kind of process of deleting things. I posted them, mm. and I think there's that kind of you think we think sometimes, or I do, that it matters about how many people view and like it because that gives us that kind of oh, that's, it's okay to be there now. But but he told me he said sometimes people watch from afar. They don't want to show you that because some other people might see they've liked your thing because yeah. then they're showing they're vulnerable. So so, so just because. Some 10 people could have viewed, let's say if you're in your podcast, some people, 10 people could have listened to it or whatever. Doesn't mean, or doesn't mean that there's other people in the background watching, looking at quotes, looking at things, taking it on in the yeah. background, you know? And it's true because so, yeah. I tend to lurk more than I like, which is, I shouldn't, yeah. but, you know. It's human nature, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Um, okay, so what haven't we touched on so far? I guess... We've talked obviously about some of the challenges for you so far, um, but what what I guess would you say were the biggest challenges for you? Uh, big challenges for me, I think. Biggest challenges have been, like we said, just expecting everything to go away. That's been a big challenge for me. Still waking up with, okay, so, okay. So the big challenge is thinking that I can go back to the person that I was before I was nineteen, before, before all the traumas impacted me and hit me. Mm-hmm. That's a big change for me, yeah. thinking that I can go back to being a bit more, I don't know, I think we have to use coping tools in this journey. 
I try not to over obsess them, but I think you do. And I think when I go from, away from them, I fall off track. And when I do go away from them, the challenge is that I tell myself that I'm okay and that I'm that person who could just do anything I wanted to without having triggers, without having that to to do things like, you know, to, to self-soothe, like walking in nature or swimming. And that's been a mess. That's, that's still now a massive part of it, looking back and going, why can't I yeah. be that person? And I know that's, that's actually normal. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like you have some grief still there about, I guess, who oh, you were you, before that incident. I, I, I think you've probably just hit the nail on the head with me, to be honest. You probably you showed something to me that there probably is um, grief and letting go of, of the image and person that was before all the traumas. And and um, that comes from our league again, but I'd say just, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big challenge for me, letting go of that identity. I think life is full of grieving for everyone yeah we're all yeah. grieving something whether it's yeah. the life we wanted to have or you know the life we thought we'd get or i think life is grief <laughs> no you, you're right no you're right Felicia. yeah that's 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 true that's very true mm. so something you just brought brought up was your self-soothing yeah. strategy yeah. so some of the things you just talked about we're walking in nature swimming yeah. What other sort of things do you find really helpful for your nervous system? The right people. Like I just feel, um, yeah, to, to talk to the right people, my nervous system yeah. just goes, I, I, it's amazing that somebody could, I can go from feeling agitated and, and, and shaky to breathe, or breathe with some people who, who, who I can, yeah, I just, I just feel their energy and I'm like, wow, I feel safe with this person. You know, that's, that's a big one for me. But water as well. What, Water, water is like, yeah. I could sit in a bath for water's amazing. I love a bath. I love water. <laughs> like, it, it makes it, all the symptoms kind of dissipate. And I'm like, wow, what? this water is this great energy. Mm. It's calming. So calming. Yeah. People, that's a big one. My husband, yes, I cuddle from him and I go from feeling agitated, shaking to just like, oh. It wasn't that long ago I spent one afternoon trying to like meditate and breathe and all just to like, because I could feel the stress in my body. As I described it as I could feel stress in my body and I can't get it to leave. Meditating, I was breathing and I was doing all the things. And then my husband came home and I gave him a cuddle and finally it left. Like none of the other things worked. I needed the cuddle. Wow. <laughs> I, bet I, felt, I bet that felt amazing as well. I was I like, this is all I that. needed all this time. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I, I, that's that. That's part of this journey, which is tough, though, because obviously you you could be learning to trust again. But if if trust has been kind of you know um, compromised, so when you're learning to trust again and connect with people, it can keep you away from connection and that kind of thing. And that's 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 a, that's, I mean, that's a tough one to navigate. Yeah, I think I've spoken yeah. about it before. The trust for me, I had no trust in people whatsoever for a really long time. And then when I met my husband, I would say we had a pretty, uh, our relationship was pretty like toxic at the start. I was quite self-sabotaging. I was like, had that anxious avoidant attachment yeah. thing going on. It was awful. I was, I was so lucky that he stood by me and all the things that I did, I guess, in my trauma self. Um, but then it was like, we've been together over 10 years it was that slow process of learning to trust and now I trust yeah. him and that's as far as I go still <laughs> do you know what I mean so it's like 
I have those moments with other people, but there's still that doubt and that it's that's hard, you know, it's unraveling the onion, I guess, still. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's still it's still you think that 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 journey, even with your with your partner to where it's goes, you know, that's that's like that's a that's a um an amazing process in itself, isn't it, to learn to trust somebody that you're that close with. You know? Yeah. And it sounds like you've had similar challenges learning to trust but, but, people. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like we sounds like we're very similar, very similar what's going on at the moment in terms of trust, hundred mm. percent. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess what would you say to people out there who are learning to trust? Because I think that must be a common, a common struggle amongst our com- I guess community TMSs. I'd say it's a tough one because you, you can't learn to trust somebody. You, you have to go through these experiences of sometimes you might find somebody's not trustworthy. Sometimes it's difficult putting ourselves out there. And, and, and we talk about red flags and stuff. Sometimes you really don't know. And for me, it's trusting that some people can make mistakes as well. That's been very difficult. Trusting that I can be close to people, but uh, protect, protect, our protectors come up and say, they made a mistake, you know, piss off. <laughs> like, yeah. But, but sometimes good people make mistakes and that's that's been tough for me to realize that actually i i don't i don't necessarily like yourself i still find that really difficult but sometimes it comes like the guard might come down and go actually they just made a mistake it doesn't make them evil it's actually they're good for your nervous system they're good for you they're good people you know yeah on the whole so yeah and it's the yeah. like they made a I, I struggle with um people trying to do something nice for me people are trying to be nice but i view it as like threatening that's like my big, and I always have to be really self-aware that I'm doing that, yeah. that like that's just genuine niceness. There's nothing kind of unnice, you know what I mean? Malicious in that. Yes. I yeah. really struggle yeah. with that to accept that. But anyway, yeah. that's my own, yeah. you know? No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And then, okay, here's one. Okay, another point that you wanted to, I guess, um, you raised that you might would like to talk about. How the mind convinces we're not moving forwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think mean, that's a common one for people on this journey. Um, the the mind, yeah, just the same. We're, we're still stuck in the same place. And I think that's where chronic pain comes in because the symptom flares up because we could have a trigger, even if that's a threat or non-threat. It's just something that's bothered us. Um, and then, you know, our mind can say, why is this still happening? Why are my teeth still crunching together? And, and, and they'll say, you're, you're stuck in that same position you was um, 10 years ago, stuck on a sofa. And I think um, it's powerful because, like you said, the mind's just going back to what, what it knows. Like you, you were stated that quite, um, yeah, quite correctly earlier and how it just tells us, to, you know, it, it's, it's habitual, isn't it? And I think. Um, I'm sorry, I'm losing track of thought. Uh, one sec. I'm losing track of thought. No, I'm going to say it is habitual, yes, no. and I think you have your, your kind of like, I guess you have those, you know, your neural pathways in your brain. They're kind of like well-worn tracks. And for me, my brain, when I have a symptom flare up, it always goes back to my like. For some people, they kind of get it everywhere, but it goes back to my face, my neck. Yeah. Like that's my well-worn tracks and it goes straight back to that. And it's like, as you said, it can kind of feel like you're at square one because you're like, these are the symptoms I used to have. Like, you know what I mean? 
but it's yeah, just those yeah. well-worn tracks in your brain, those well-worn neural pathways that can, they're always going to be there. So they can reopen or reactivate during times of stress. <clears throat> you know, and it's like you can never, you can't get rid of a neural pathway. All you can do is try and strengthen the yeah. neural pathways that you want to be active. So you have to kind of focus on what you want rather than the ones, those kind of tracks that are unfortunately there. <laughs> No, that's a that's a good one. That's well well worn tracks. Yeah, yeah. That, that definitely resonates. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does um, it does kind of keep you going back there, doesn't it? Yes. Um, I guess if you wanted to talk about it, um, it's something that I have not spoken about. I don't think with anyone on the podcast yet. Yeah. Um, because you you're a bit um. How was your experience of EMDR? I guess. Um, my experience with MDR was, yeah, to begin with, like I, I mentioned that guy I paid a lot of money to. That first experience was, yeah, didn't do very well. You know, I think um, when we're doing that work, safety and stabilization and teaching someone that early in their journey, but no experience is vital. We teach people, people teach, teach you that, that, you know, to, to, to feel safe, to do, to do like senses stuff with your senses and to be grounded. And I think I learned then that kind of, that was wrong but when i did it with a guy the other guy barry i found that it was a very helpful process it, it really along with his own kind of experience and how good he was as a therapist but the mdr the rnm sessions was was it was vital to my healing um it was um it was it was it was difficult but it was i did great work with mdr yeah, it's one of the things I'd like to get um, trained in one day because yeah. I know it's really, really good for like specific identifiable traumas. Yeah, so I, I, it's a tough one because it, it, it had such a, um, a big impact with the MDR. But I've, I've, there's many different opinions on the MDR, I think, mm -hmm. in, in the world as well, in terms of like a complex trauma and should you keep, treat complex trauma with that and, or just big traumas. I've heard that a lot recently. Yeah. Mm. What have you heard about it? What What would be your experience with it? I guess because well, you've I, been I, through I, it I, as a as a patient. So as you were saying, yeah, I, I would say to myself, I'd say that I hear a lot of stuff from other people that the work in complex PTSD about this is the right way, this is the wrong way, mm. and I think sometimes there can be a bit of a sternness and a bit of I am kind of right, which is fine. Right, people are confident in themselves, but just it is what what feels right for you. And that person doing it, I think that the person doing it is the vital thing. The person doing it, do you feel safe enough with them? Because if you do, then healing's going to recur, you know. And if, and, and I know that comes from yourself, but the, the safety and trust thing is a big thing. And if they, if you feel their heart, and their energy, and you, you feel trust to open, then you will be open to what's going on and to, and to integrating things. Yeah, you've just identified something really key there. Do you feel safe with the person yeah. that you're working with? Yeah. Yeah, so te techniques are great, and obviously they are, but the, the safety is is such a key element, and that's something you can't train. You can't train to to be to be a good a good hearted person or be naturally empathetic. That's just something you know. It's inside of you. Yeah, it's relational. I believe anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's relational. And I think you're gonna find safety with different people. Different people will resonate with your nervous system, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so we've been, um, we're actually approaching the hour. Um, so we might start wrapping up. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before I ask my closing questions? No, anything no, that, that we've it. missed? No, no, we're going to have everything, Felicia. Yeah, I think um, I just want to say that you've been at this for over 10 years, you said. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Thank you. As I said, I think the people who kind of really stick at it, it's hard. And you want to compare yourself to others who are like, I've, I've healed, I'm done. But it's not, doesn't always work that way. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, when I, when I, when you hear people get messy and, and be open and you listen to, like, listen to them recovery stories, it makes you feel less alien, doesn't it? And then it can have such a, such a positive impact, even like just, just having this conversation here. And, and it's already had a massive, you know, positive impact, impact on me. So I'm obviously very grateful for you having me on this, on this uh, podcast today. No, I'm always grateful for anyone that wants to come on because it's, you know, you have to have people that want to come on to be able to run a podcast. Yeah. To tango. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to go to my concluding questions. So okay. the one I always ask are, usually I ask for three, but it doesn't really matter how however many you want to do. Um, resources or I guess like techniques or things you do that have been helpful for you that you would recommend to listeners. So maybe it's a book you like to read or maybe it's right. going out in nature anything yeah. like that i'd say yeah um taking walks in nature is a big one for me um a little bit of qigong that's mm. um, i find that very helpful and yeah, just, just i'd say moving my body dancing not having to always be still i've learned that moving my body is a I'm dancing you know that's that's been a it's been a great tool for me yes. free. moving the body get that body moving yeah. dancing that's a good one so, yeah yeah um okay and then lucky last if you could give listeners any last parting piece of advice at all in relation to their healing so last parting words um what would it be just to i know it's hard but just try to be gentle with yourself in this journey really try to be gentle with yourself and just just know what once you've begun this journey, things can get easier. Just just you know, just just don't give up because it is an ongoing process, but but change takes time. So just try to be patient with yourself and be kind. Perfect. I'm gonna stop the recording because that's an amazing way to to um <laughs> to uh, end. <laughs>